just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and I'm here with Jess Perkins, Matt Stewart, and uh-huh. a pocket full of dreams. Oh. oh. Which pocket? Can I have a look? Empty them out. Let's see oh, what those dreams are. What dreams are you packing? Because you're wearing jeans, so there's two pockets at the front, two oh. at the back. Front row. Oh, this is brutal. That is an empty pocket. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, wrong pocket. Oh, he's dreaming about flipping me the bird. Yeah, pulled out the middle finger. The rudest of all fingers. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Let, me, so let glad- me just go through them. <laughs> no. No. Oh, that's pretty rude, pointing at someone. Hey, because remember when you're pointing at someone, four of your fingers are pointing back at you. Actually, only three, three. in this case. The thumb's pointing up to God. <laughs> I'm doing a finger gun. Anyway, lost track there early. <laughs> lost track there. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Anyway, over to you, Jess. How are you? <laughs> um, look, fine. Thanks. All good. You're thick, Jess. Yeah. Let the people know. They love to hashtag pray for yeah, Bob. Yeah, we have been praying for Bob all day long. Yeah. And you well, made it like all lifelong. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I didn't think. You're a sicko. Yeah, I didn't think I had a low immune system or anything, but I do tend to get sick. I reckon that you do have a low immune yeah. system. I think that's Surely. your thing. Do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. Is, you... Do you reckon it's a bit cool? Yeah, it's a bit quirky. Oh. Yeah, I'd put that on your CV. Yeah, I reckon. Because people love to hire people that are always sick. Yeah. yeah. My last job, my last like proper job before I decided to be a full-time piece of shit, creative person, uh, was they had, they had unlimited sick leave. How stupid is that? Smart. Bad choice. No, that's real smart because otherwise you, people have to go to work when they're sick. Yeah. And then they infect all the other worker bees who they're just using there to make money in this, ringing them out, these worker bees. Yeah, that's right. I'm a communist. <laughs> wow. I read a pamphlet yesterday. Oh. And it's all changing. Here okay. today. Those pamphlets are pretty convincing, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. What did it say? <laughs> it said, Oi, wake up, sheeple. <laughs> Whoa. I that's feel like a- I've been and dreaming. And it said, Now that I've got your attention, <laughs> I said, Sorry over. to call you a sheeple. <laughs> I oh. didn't mean that. Oh. I really, that, uh, it was out of line. <laughs> and that's page one. Um, then yep. it says PTO, which means pern, pern. Please. What is it, page? Please turn over. Is that what it is? <laughs> wow. Okay. Pern. So what I did was I please turned over. <laughs> and on the other side it says, oi, can we rap for a bit? <laughs> I just want to chat with you. Is that cool? I'm like, yeah, pamphlet. They've really <laughs> Lay it on me. They've really changed tactics. There. Yeah, they yelling, did. trying to get down. And there was a picture of a guy with a sitting on a chair back to front. 
hat back to front. Oh. I was like, what is this topsy-turvy world going on here? Everything's up is down and black is white. What's going on? And they said, yeah, down with the capos, those capo scum dogs, they're wringing you dry. Uh-huh. And it said, I don't mean to get too angry. I'm sorry again, but I raised my voice. This is a different pamphlet? Same pamphlet. Different page. Different page. Okay, yeah. you've perned it over again. I perned it one okay. more time. Yeah, it's a three-sided pamphlet. Oh, thank and, goodness. Uh, it says, anyway, look, I want to level with you. We're all in this together. Sign up today. And, yeah, that that was it. And I'm, 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 I'm a commie for life now. I, I probably should look into more what it means. I know that there's something to do with, like, having, like, a some sort of a sigh. Is that right? Am I saying that right? Scythe? Sickle. Sickle. What's a scythe? Is that the thing that the death has? Yeah. Yeah. They're different. Matt. I've just realised that now. Anyway, what are we doing I here? I have so many questions about your newfound uh, faith, but uh, Dave, could you tell people what this show is? <laughs> well, can I, before we do that, I don't want, I mean, maybe the communists will object to this, but I think we've still got some tickets to sell for our final Melbourne Comedy Festival podcast. We're giving them out for free. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> hey. If you're there in the room, we'll give you. You have to work for them. I'm going to give you some beige clothes, as I understand it. We all wear beige now, okay? And we all work for the common good, which is podcasting. Oh. That's right. What do we eat? Slops. Of? Slop. Slops of slop. Slops of slop. Mm. What do you mean? Is slops? Is that like a. Does that mean. Is that the equivalent to a bowl or something to you? One slops of French fries, please. Is that what you mean? No. Slops of what? I mean, slops usually like leftovers. Yeah, it's everything. Oh the God. common good I can't handle food. this. Everyone empties their fridge into one big fridge. Yep. And, and then, then we slop it up. Yeah. <laughs> big blender, the communal blender. That's what communism is. It's everyone has a shared bathroom. So, yeah, tickets available to our uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival show at the European Beer Cafe. That's right. It's the final one. We've done three now. All been absolutely great fun. And, yeah, we actually have a special guest this Saturday. Carl Marx. And he's going (laughs) to... No. Sadly, he cancelled. He's unreliable. He's a bit flaky. Yeah. Mm. We're, we're actually, it's the the car marks of the podcasting world, <laughs> if you can compare beard for beard. And that is Nick Mason from hey. the Weekly Planet Whoa. Podcast. The internet celebrity himself. Such He'll a be- good get. I can't oh. believe we're going to sit near him. Yeah, wow. Oh, I'm too nervous. People are going to look at us and go, are they all friends? Well, I didn't, I don't know if we should tell people that, but he will be there in hologram form. Oh. Wow. Oh, I see. That makes he's, me more comfortable. He's driving a tram that day, so he couldn't make it. <laughs> so we'll hear intermittent ding-dings. <laughs> yeah, he li- live streams in. <laughs> <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah, that sounds like great That fun. sounds like a good idea one day. I don't think his bosses would like that very oh, much. Oh, yeah, we should. That's on the download. Don't tell the tram authorities. Yeah, never. And remember to touch on at our gig. Yeah. That's got to be a local dialect thing there. No, I think people should just touch people on. People touch on across the world? Yeah. Communism. <laughs> Oyster card, mate. <laughs> Dave got that yelled at him one time in London. In London, uh, yeah. A uh, very busy tube station <laughs> in London, Victoria Station, one of the busiest ones they have there. And um, going down to the underground train and everyone just scans their Oyster card, which is the card that gets you through a gate. And there's 
thousands of people going through and I get to the front and it's not opening. It's not opening. <laughs> it's not opening. And I'm looking Easy. at the lady like, what the hell? What the hell? And she just yells out, oyster card, mate. Use your oyster card. I was using my hotel room key. <laughs> 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 and somehow it wasn't working. Sounds yeah. like a like a, a Yoda or something. Yeah. Use the force. Yeah, yeah. Use the oyster card. Because <laughs> I, I was looking around, like I was pissed off that it, I was like, can looking at the person behind me. Can you believe this, mate? Can you bloody believe this? And my hotel room's not opening. Oh come on! Who are all these people lining up to get in there? I need to shit. I'm in there. I've been eating. I've been predomondering all morning. Oh, big prep. You're a Predhead. I love it. He's I probably little... had a, gro- a Greg Snossage roll. Snossage? Yeah, I love a Snoss. Oh. Yeah. Yuck. Okay, well. Anyway, in summary, come this Saturday if you want to hang out with us and Nick Mason at the live podcast. That's right. And it's also the last week of my show, Bone Dry, and it's been going so well. I've met a lot of listeners. Most nights there's a, a one or two or three or even... Four. Well, we've broken four for you. Uh, maybe not. I just was trying to make it sound cool. It has also turned from a, a very good stand-up show into more of a kind of uh, lecture. <laughs> yeah, that's on, right. On uh, some ideologies. <laughs> Hi, guys. Underneath your seat, you'll all find a pamphlet. Yeah, look. Per- turn it over and uh, <laughs> have a squiz. Seems to be a bit of a running theme with shows this year. There's a few that are kind of... Uh, Sort of presentations, yeah. you know, and uh, it's good that you're up there with them. That's right. I smell a berry. <laughs> Talking about communism and the life of a soy boy, right? Yeah. How to be a soy boy in communism. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. And that, that show's on at uh, Chinese Museum at 7 o'clock. Last year, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so five shows left. It's 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 been real. It'd be great to see you there. And I, most of the shows are getting close to selling out, so get on it. Do go on for a discount code. I won't. I won't be there. And you can come along, buy a little pin of my head Ugh. or a, be- a primate's beanie. No, thank you. All right, we've got merch too, mate, but we're not pushing it on the people, you okay, non-commie sorry. dog. But no. if you do come to our live shows, we do have T-shirts for sale. Yeah, they're sick T-shirts of the globe. And you know what we could do if we all came together? Yeah, and bought a T-shirt. Yeah, one for the greater good. Yeah, yeah it's the uniform. It's like our version of beige. Yeah, beige, beige. <laughs> Beige. Anyway, let's start the show. Mm. Probably edit all that out, Jess. So what this show is, is it's three friends, obvious friends, getting together, chatting, rapping, keeping it real. What's wrong with <laughs> you today? I've done too many gigs tonight and I feel weird. You're on. Yeah, I really need to tap off. Were you doing this <laughs> at the gig? Oyster card, mate. Use it. <laughs> Get out. Uh, so each week one of us does a report on a topic. This week Jess is doing the topic. Dave and I don't know what it is. We normally get on to the topic. With a question. Jess, what is the question tonight? The question is, which sporting event is named after a farmer from Tennessee? Oh, Tennessee Joe. <laughs> oh, Joesting. Jo, 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 yeah, Joesting. <laughs> Jockeys. Okay, wait. So how? What, give me his name again. I haven't given you his name. Oh, okay. Named okay. after a farmer from Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. It's Fris- named after him. Frisbee? Ultimate Frisbee. His name was Greg sporting... Ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> sporting event, so it's oh, not okay. a sport. It's like a... Oh. Was it... No, it wasn't Bill Decathlon? <laughs> You're not going to know it. Okay. The Ro- M- Mitch Rose Bowl. Oh, is it some sort of a bowl man? No. It, um, okay, Super Bowl. <laughs> if I say his name, do you want to have yeah, a guess? Yeah, okay, His name's Barry Barkley. Oh, the Barkley, that... Crazy long race. Yes. The Barkley oh. Marathon. Marathon. Are you sure it's not the Barry Jig? 
Yeah, named after Barkley. <laughs> or is Barry, it named Barry Barkley? Barry Barkley. Is it really Barry Barkley? That's great. Is his name really Barry Barkley? Yeah. Baba. For sure. No, I reckon people just call him Barry. Distant relative of the round mound of Who rebound? Had the first three letters of both of his names are Bar. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> Uh, mystery episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is the theme of this episode. Well, okay. I mean, I've now you've said it, I've heard of it, but I don't know if I would have got there. That's yeah, interesting. Just a little tidbit there, just a little fun fact, and I thought this will throw them. Right, but is the topic of today's episode that marathon? Yeah, the Barkley Marathon. Cool. And it's wild. And I do want to say as well, I have been sick for the last few days, so writing this, I was on a lot of cold and flu stuff. So. I'm pretty sure it's fairly coherent. It's got mm. a good flow, okay. you know, but... Orinoco flow? Obviously. Yeah, thank you. So we'll see. So bit of a backstory here for you. In mm. 1977, a good year, James Earl Ray, the man convicted of assassinating Martin Luther King Jr., escaped from Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary in Petros, Tennessee, along with six other inmates. They were recaptured three days later, and despite having been out of prison for 55 hours, James L. Ray had only made it about eight miles, or 13 kilometres, due to the thick and rugged woods that surround the prison. And upon hearing this story, a man named Gary Lazarus Lake Cantrell... Sorry, hang on, what? Is that like Gary Lazarus Lazarus Lake? Lake. Yes. Okay, right. Because otherwise his parents were smoking some good stuff. (laughs) uh, He goes by Laz. Uh, upon hearing this story, he said, I could do at least 100 miles, mocking James L. Ray's low mileage. He only got eight miles away, 55 hours. That is low mileage. I would buy that car. Yeah, big time. Um, And thus, the Barclay Marathon was born, along with his friend and running partner, Carl Henn, who goes by Raw Dog. They decided to put on the race in Frozen Head State Park in Tennessee. Where'd, where'd Barkley come into this? Uh, it's just a friend of Laz's. Huh. A friend That's of nice. Raw Dog's. Nice. Raw Dog. I bet he sounds like the kind of guy I'd drink a few mother cans, right? He'd be into Krusty Demons, that sort of stuff. Raw Dog. Yeah. Sounds, like, right? he's got, track here? sounds like he's only got one eye and the other one was lost in some sort of extreme accident. Yeah, playing darts. <laughs> <laughs> With himself. With firecrackers. <laughs> Raw Dog. He sounds badass. Yeah. I mean, I have been looking for a new nickname. Well. We're not going to call you Raw Dog. I was thinking Lazarus Lake. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call you uh, something Puddle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Piss Puddle. Piss Puddle. Piss Puddle. Huh? PP. Who's that little Piss Puddle? Aww. So uh, Laz and Raw Dog intentionally designed the race to be surrounded by secrets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> The registration process is largely unknown. Um, The race does not have an official website or an email address or anything to make the process easy. Um, The limit is 40 runners and usually it fills up really quickly um, the day that registration opens. But you don't know what day it opens. No. So uh, Matt Mahoney who's an ultra runner. Um, He's attempted the Barkley 15 times but never finished it. He explains on his website that if someone wants to enter, they must get a person who has run the race before to reveal which day of the year to send an application to Laz. (laughs) And I found a link on Matt's website to the entry form for 1995 and uh, some of the details have changed, but the form gives you an idea 
of uh, the kind of attitude, the whimsy of the race. So this is what it says. This is how it starts. It says, put this down. Get away from it. You're holding a one-way ticket through the portals of hell. <laughs> one way in and only one way out. The Barclay is not the most imposing 100-miler. Only 2,000 feet separate the highest and lowest points. Yet somehow, year after year, nobody finishes. Why? Because eventually everybody quits. Maybe it's the endless gut-wrenching climbs. Maybe it's the leg-wrenching descents. Maybe it's the sawberries and blackberries. Maybe it's because the Barclay is truly man against the mountain. We don't have the cute little glow lights every 100 feet. If you can't find your way, you shouldn't be in the woods. No gourmet stands every half mile. You're lucky we put out water. (laughs) (laughs) Where where is the water? (laughs) There's two water stops. Right. Whoa. And how long of a run? 20 uh, 20 miles per loop. I'll get to that. Um, So the Barclay, this is still on this application form. It hasn't got to the application part yet. This is just a pre-ramble. Okay. It says the Barclay is not for the pretty boys. The Barclay takes away your... (laughs) Where are... Damn it. Oh. I thinking about joining. Uh, until now, it sounds so appealing. Yeah. I love Put this having down. a bad time. <laughs> put this down. Oh, I won't. I won't. I'm a pretty boy. I won't put it down. Yeah. Oh, it's not for pretty boys. Oh. Well, fair enough then. Yeah. Good day. Um, the Barkley takes away your speed and leaves you a struggling shadow of yourself. The Barkley runner must be tough. A thousand foot per mile elevation change exacts... A heavy toll. Yeah, it's, a lot of it's written really well. He must be savvy. Finding your way with a map is easy if you know how. <laughs> Knowing where you are on a remote mountainside at night requires no little skill. He must be self-reliant. At the Barclay, we provide a venue and render it reasonably safe. <laughs> the rest is between you, the mountain, and that little voice inside you that says, Mummy, it's too hard. I want to quit. Wow. This is fucking mental. How does it know that voice exists in me? Do you have, yeah. you have that voice? Yeah, every oh, day. I have that. Mm. So, Mummy. And some of these things have uh, changed since, like, in 1995. It said the time limit uh, was 36 hours, but that was because uh, – oh, sorry, it was 55 miles in 36 hours or 100 miles in 60 hours as your time limit. Uh, the location is Frozen Head State Natural Area. Don't ask if you can if you can't find the park on your own. Then you don't belong out there. <laughs> like just just find us. Right. The requirements, um, rigorous requirements, must be met. No women. They are too soft. This has since changed, and lots of women have competed. Oh, I just right. want to point that out They're now. Like f- physically too soft to the touch. Yeah, you were just saying off pod. Uh, well, this is going to sound weird. But you've never touched a woman's face. <laughs> well, that was in confidence, Jess. Let me just uh, stop you there. I will not allow you to provide any context. <laughs> Jess, do go on. Thank you. No children. They are too small. No Californians. This race is not cool. No soccer fans. Soccer sucks. No Marines. They don't biodegrade. No Yankees. We don't want them buried here. No wimps, worms, slugs, or weenies. They don't got what it takes. I mean, weenies. Why would weenies be entering? I don't know. Until now, the weenies. Yeah, they're like, which I count myself. We're like, this is great. Filling everything. Sign me up. Yeah, I'm not a Marine. Don't worry about that. I reckon the slugs. If you release the slugs, I reckon they'd be able to do this. Release yeah. the slugs. Not in the time limit, which I'll get to. Oh, right. Yeah, that's the thing about slugs. They take their bloody time. Yeah. But they, well, they get results. They get the job done. Yeah. 
It says, uh, and most of all, no health fascists. We encourage smoking during the race. And then all entrants are required to complete an essay on why I should be allowed to run in the Barclay. Oh, okay. So you have to be smart as well. If it's your first time, you got to put in an essay. And then it also has a little note for what to put in your essay. It says, include discussion of all issues involving decorative wood shavings, unnecessary surgery, uh, uninspected poultry, shampoo, duck costumes, reptiles, investment bankers, and unwanted hairs. You have to reference all these things. All those things. And then you send your entry to idiot at 233 Union Ridge. Gives an address there. It's a real hazing sort of procedure. Hmm. You fill out your name, age, in, and it says in brackets, in Mercurian years. And a year on Mercury takes 87.97 Earth days. So you've got to put that in. Okay. Your address, sex, yes or no. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Sign me up. Hat size and favourite parasite. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> and then it has like this little disclosure as well where it says, I know the Barclay is a gruelling, grim and hazardous event with minimal opportunity for success. I swear to operate strictly within safe parameters. Responsibility for myself is entirely my own. Uh, and then that's... That sounds like a real sellout at the end there. Yeah, yeah, they Safety. the lawyers got involved late. Yeah. But the thing is, right, so every year hundreds of people apply and only 40 are accepted. And if they're accepted, an entrant receives a letter of condolence and those letters usually tell races that a bad thing awaits. Right, it, so if you get rejected, you get a congratulations letter? Yeah. You've been rejected. I don't think you, you just don't hear it all, but that would be good. Congrats, you're safe. Yeah. Um. It tells you to get ready for unexpected periods, oh, extended periods of unspeakable suffering, at the end of which you will ultimately find only failure and humiliation. I mean, it all does sound fun. It does sound fun. And cheap. The entrance free to the race is $1.60. Okay. Wow. New entrance. That's in 1995? No, this is still now. Okay. So new entrants, first-time runners uh, or virgins as they're called. <laughs> virgins. <laughs> I haven't even had sex. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> they so they ticked no on the <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, new entrants are required to bring a license plate from their state or country as part of the entrance fee. So at the start of the race, like they sort of set up this little camp area, and there's just all these license plates hung around all over the place from different states and countries. What are Yankees, by the way? Does that that doesn't just mean Americans? Well, that means Northern Americans, or what? Because they said no Yankees. What do they mean by that? Yeah, do they mean people from the north, maybe? Right. I don't know. Huh. Or no baseball, no New York Yankees. Yeah, yeah maybe it's no New York Yankees. Right, okay. Um, uh, return or veteran races are required to bring another item as part of their entry fee, which changes fairly often based on what Laz needs. So for a while it was they had to bring a white shirt and then he had heaps of white shirts so that it was a pair of socks um, or a flannel shirt or whatever he needs, they have to bring that. So, yeah, the entry fee is starting to go up. Dollar sixty plus a white shirt. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you'd rather get the socks than a white shirt. Yeah. Yeah, how many white shirts do you need? Yeah. But then one year, so I watched this documentary which was it followed the 2012 race and that year it was flannel shirts. Which meant he got forty new flannel shirts. And did you? Did they interview the the Laz? Yeah. Does he see? What's he like? He's, and I actually have. I've painted this more like it's insane, and it is insane. It it's, sounds like a joke. Well, obviously, a, yeah. it is a little bit of a bit of tongue in cheek. It is. It's, but, it's incredibly tongue in cheek. But people actually enter. It's not like this is actually impossible. No, no, no. People enter and people do it. It's 
crazy. It's in, but he is quite endearing, and he was like a um, an ultra runner in his youth. Like has done all sorts of runs all over the world, or definitely all over America. Um, and yeah, interviews with him. It's it's quite funny. Like he's talking about why the entrance fee is only a dollar sixty, and he's like, you know, if anybody complains, then I can just laugh at them. Like it's, you know, you've you've come here, you want to do it. Um, if you've previously finished the race, done all five loops, and I'll get to that in a sec, uh, if you're a pr- prior finisher and you return to run again, you have to submit a packet of Camel cigarettes as part of the registration fee. Oh. And uh, race bi- so they're given different race bibs, and race bib number one is always given to the person deemed to be the least likely to finish one lap. Um and they are called the human sacrifice. So number one always goes to the human sacrifice. You're you're still accepted, but they are very confident that you're going to fail. And usually they do. Why they why why did I miss that? Why do they are confident you'll fail? Um, generally, it's just because you don't have enough experience, right? So they're so like they'll pick someone who's yeah. definitely not going to finish. Yep, that's funny. Just but some funny. have finished. You said usually they don't. People have finished. I don't think the human sacrifice has ever gone to win it. Right. Um, so since 1986, which was the first race, only 15 runners have completed it. Wow. And they, they consistently do this every year. Yeah. Wow. There wasn't one in, I think, 20... 2002 or something. Did Laz not need anything that year? No, the park was closed. Oh, right. Um, I don't remember what year it was now, actually. I think it was 2002, but, yeah, pretty much every year. Um, no GPS devices of any kind are allowed on the race, um, just a map, a compass and a watch so that you can keep track of your 60-hour time limit. So uh, runners have to carry their own food, water, lights, other necessities with them, and depending on how much water they bring with them, they have to – they generally have to wind up drinking from streams and stuff as well, just filling their bottles from streams. Since there's no official rule book, nothing tells runners what they should or shouldn't do leading up to the race, but they're informed that within Frozen Head State Park, races are only allowed to train on the trails. That means participants can't prepare for how rough the full experience will be. Because, and I think I get to it later, but like the part of, I think it's about a third of the actual race track that they use is on a trail and the rest is just like through the bush yeah it's not marked at all you yeah yeah that feels kind of impossible you feel like there's a lot of luck involved well the races arrive the day before the event and they get to see one official course map that marks the route for the year and then everybody else has to just copy it onto their own maps right so when you say it's impossible i mean there's one map. map yeah that you okay. just have to copy and copy perfectly. Or... And how are they tracking that they're sticking to this route? It sounds like you just go... Compass. But the, how how do you know if you've actually stuck on the route? Or, are they being watched? No. Do they have to pass through different checkpoints? Yes. Um, the race begins... I'll, I'll get to that in two seconds. The race begins and ends at this large yellow gate which is the only place runners can receive aid, um, tape up blisters, replenish food, take a nap, whatever they whatever they need. Um, and the race can start any time between midnight and midday on the Saturday. They don't know what time it's going to start. So Laz will blow a conch shell. Oh, that is so great. <laughs> At any time between midnight and midday, he'll blow that, and it means that 
the race is going to start in an hour. Yeah, and Matt, right. the man of a thousand noises, can you just remind us what a conch sound oh. sounds like? Yeah, I, I blow conches all the time. Yeah, I'd love doesn't to normally it. signify the start of a race, though. What do you usually signal? Normally, that just means that I'm, I've got something to say. <laughs> and it sounds like? <laughs> wow. Yeah. That would wake me up. Yeah, yeah. And get me running. Well, I've got something to say. Oh, of course. Go back to bed. <laughs> what are you doing up? <laughs> just you look practice, startled. Why are you looking practicing at my conch. <laughs> I do this every night at 1 a.m. Yeah. I've got something to say. Practicing my conch. <laughs> back to bed. Conch practicing starts now. So it could be 1 a.m. that it starts. It could start in the dark. It could be 10 a.m. could be any time. So a lot of them, and, and in every documentary I saw, a lot of them do not sleep well the night before because they're just waiting for oh, it. Because imagine you wake up and everyone's already left. You slept through the conch. Yeah. That would be... How do you miss the conch? Oh, no. That's the trick because you also don't know how early you want to sleep because you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to be up all day to midnight and then the race starts when you haven't had a sleep. So you yeah. want to sleep early, but how early? If it's going to be a midnight run, you probably want to sleep at six, but... It's tricky. Yeah. You've got to roll the dice there. It's a big advantage if you pick that right. Yeah. Or if you're good friends with Laz. Yeah, that's right. I'm suggesting he's dodgy. <laughs> oh. Hey. I don't know why he picks his favourite and he goes, we're kicking off at three. Is there another one that's not his favourite and he lies? Yeah. Don't it? worry. Midday. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Sleep, yeah. sleep in. Go Have back to the sleep. hotel. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Get here about nine-ish. Yeah. Call, call back into your tent, pretend you were there all night, mm. and uh, then we'll kick off yeah. right midday. If that suits you, yeah. that's all right by I you. That's what we should do. Okay. Now, the race, like so many official marathons, starts with Laz lighting a cigarette. <laughs> that's the official yeah, start. That's the Boston Marathon, New York Marathon. He's yeah. always there lighting that ciggy. Yeah. And now I'm starting to understand why women aren't allowed. <laughs> this feels like men being men. <laughs> yeah, a conch. Wow. Conscious Siggy. All right, no ladies. Fellas, we weren't flannel this year. <laughs> Just really, the boys. I don't know what year women were allowed in. I'm not sure. Anyway, so the course itself, which has changed distance, route, and elevation many times since its inaugural run, it uh, currently consists of a 20 mile or 32 kilometer unmarked loop with no aid stations except water at two points along the route. And in the mountainous area, weather can also be very volatile. So there can be intense winds, hail, snow, ice. And Laz recalling one year when the water stations were just massive blocks of ice. <laughs> That's all they could get. Um, so the first two loops are run clockwise. Then loop three and four are run counterclockwise. Then on the final loop, the first person to start the loop chooses which way they want to go. And every runner after them alternates between clockwise and counterclockwise. Now I know it's an American thing because you're saying counterclockwise. Yeah, anti-clockwise. We're going counterclockwise. <laughs> yeah, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to go counterclockwise here today. Thanks so much for joining the race here. Where are you from? I'm from America. Yeah, but where whereabouts? Oh, I think you know where I'm from. <laughs> answer any more questions, but thank you so much for coming along thank here today for the race. So we're going to be going counterclockwise. <laughs> First two clockwise, then we're going to go. Does he sound a bit like Owen Wilson? Counterclockwise. He does sound like Owen Wilson. And also when you're saying counterclockwise, you're motioning your hand in the clockwise <laughs> way. And when you said clockwise, you went anti-clockwise. 
Well, I, I'll, I, I see what you're, you're, you're mistaken there. Um, to you, I, I'm a mirror. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm in America. It's all backwards there. Right. Here. Here or there. Yeah. Capiche? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I think Matt's had a breakdown again. <laughs> I'll just continue. Um, if you manage to complete the third loop, it's referred to as a fun run. It's a pretty big deal if you make it, seeing as so few people have completed the whole marathon. So the loops are said to be about, or they're said to be twenty miles, which is about thirty-two kilometers. But most will tell you that it's actually more like twenty-six miles. Oh God, if you're doing that multiple times, which they are, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, you think that they would factor but then, measure? Oh well. I mean, they don't really factor anything in. Do they even walk the route themselves before? One, or do they just go, then you go in that bush? No, they walk it before. They don't well, walk the route. They route the route. They're real <laughs> men. They bloody. Is rooting an Australian thing? Yeah. Yeah, we root a lot here. We do a lot of rooting. <laughs> um, so if it, it – they say it's 20, but it's more like 26, which actually means that if someone completes the whole race, they've actually covered a distance more like 130 miles rather than 100, which is about 210 kilometres. That is so insane. That's a big jump. Um, and the fun run alone, so the three loops would be about 78 miles or 126 kilometres. So it's huge. And you fun have run, a fun. time limit of 60 hours co- to complete all five loops, which is an average of 12 and a half or something per loop. Um and this answers your question from before, Matt. So in addition to running it, competitors have to find somewhere between 9 and 14 books along the course. The exact number varies each year. And they have to remove the page that corresponds to the running the race bib that they're wearing. Right. Um, and they have to have that. They have to present those at the end of the loop, Laz counts them. So that's proof. That's proof that they've Has done the whole track. Has anyone ever fucked someone else over by getting number 10 halfway through and just throwing it into a bush? Oh, yeah. Imagine that. Brutal. You get to the book and someone's already ripped your, your number out. Your page is gone. And I, like, I feel like this is a gentleman's race, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does feel a bit like I that. mean, these people are very trustworthy. I bet you Laz is a big fan of Hemingway. He's got a real Hemingway vibe about him, right? Real man, books, cigarettes. <laughs> is it, books, right? is this, this... cigarettes. <laughs> That's good stuff. Wow. Getting a real vibe for this country. Yeah. yeah um, this is God's country. They get a new race number uh, at the start of each lap, so they have to then get a different page from the books. <sighs> so you're not just – you can't just have the same – 10 pages and be like, see, I did it. Did right. it again. Did quite it again. a few logistics yeah. really for, for Laz to set up here. Yeah. yeah. It's quite a bit. A lot of the books also uh, have titles that Laz finds funny for the event, titles like What Did I Do Wrong and The End and a lot of mountain-related titles. That is funny. It is a good, it's a good fun. Mountain-related t- mountain titles related. is funny. <laughs> he's, a, he's a real card, this Laz. <laughs> he's a kook. But also you're ruining good books. Yeah. What are you doing? Stop ripping out the pages. Don't dog ear them. Get a bookmark. He might be a big Kindle guy. Yeah, he strikes me as a big Kindle guy. Yeah. If you saw a picture of him, you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's got an iPad mini. A man that has 40 <laughs> flannel shirts. Yeah. <laughs> One year he wanted Kindles. <laughs> and he's never looked back. No, he's got so many. One, He's got 10 in each room of his house. Um, wow. He's got four rooms in his house. <laughs> oh, That's all I have. I was doing well. <laughs> How many rooms have I got in my house? Oh, we're not. No, room doesn't mean butler's pantry, Bob. 
Broom is just any four-wheeled world part of them. Hey, not my parents' house, okay? I'm out on my own now. Oh. Okay. Yeah, her butler's pantry is slightly smaller these days. <laughs> yeah. And so is the butler. Yeah, I've got a little butler. Yeah. It's a puppy dog. Oh. Puppy dog butler. It's real cute. That's a sitcom. That's a sitcom. Nobody steal that. That's yeah. cute. Matt, we're going to be rich. Bop and the Beagle Butler. Oh, stop it. Um, <laughs> so the course uh, looped runs through terrain features that Laz and others have given nicknames like Rat Jaw, Testicle Spectacle, <laughs> and Checkmate Hill. And the course changes every year. Um, so even if you've done it before, you can't really remember exactly but how Is there it always a testicle spectacle? Yes. Because once you come up with that, you're not giving that name. Stop yeah. making a spectacle of your testicles. So you, Or is it like glasses? Like someone's dropping yeah. their balls on someone's nose so it's like they're wearing someone's balls like glasses. Yeah. Is that what it is? We've all done that. And that, But only it's a tree that looks like someone's putting their balls on someone's eyes. That is cool. Yeah. This is so badass. It's pretty rad. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and like I said before, there are some trails through the park, but at least two-thirds of the course is off-trail. So uh, there's a lot of climbing involved and like a, it's it's mostly uphill. Right. Mm. I have a, like a, a pretty wild fun fact that I'm saving till the end. Oh, yes. Sizzle. Oh, maybe it's not that good. It's pretty interesting. Anyway, um, in an article that I read on Business Insider, <laughs> do you guys know that's a thing? <laughs> yeah, I've been in there. Oh. Um, they interview a woman named Amelia Boone uh, who works as an attorney for Apple and is a three-time champion of the world's tough, toughest mudder competition and a Spartan Race world champion. So she's pretty badass. She competed in the race last year with the goal of becoming the first woman to complete the Barclay. And she said, of the people that tend to run it, everyone's really smart. There's lots of scientists and lots of really big data geeks. Um, It's all these people who really haven't failed that much, if at all, and they come to this race that has a 99% failure rate. And that's backed up by Laz as well. In a doco that I watched, he said the same thing, that these people are all quite successful, many of whom have won championships in various events, and the appeal is then that they'll most likely not make it through this race. Right. So it's like it's the ultimate challenge they're to all, them. They're almost getting bored with success. Yeah, they're like, oh, I just keep winning. So yeah. they're just failure tourists. Yeah. I wonder what it's like. They're going, and, so, and everybody starts sort of hoping that they'll make all five. But, like, most people don't make it past one. Right. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a, even just distance-wise, it's brutal. It's, to do it sounds like loops. a fucking nightmare. It's like the last thing I could ever think to do for fun. Yeah. Go to the movies. <laughs> for 210 kilometres. Like, read a book. That would be funny if someone's deciding. That's some high achievers. <laughs> like, I've achieved everything I want this weekend. What do I do? The death race? Or watching When Harry Met Sally. Watch When Harry Met Sally. Okay. Order a pizza. Mm. Oh, this is sounding great. Oh, I'll have what she's having. I was watching the doco uh, and... <laughs> God, that was pretty good. That's a good bit. Pizza. <laughs> That's a line from a movie called Harry Met Sally. <laughs> when? Which you'd know if you just fucking lived a little and watched yeah, a movie. Yeah, culture. Please. Oh, I love to be outside. Outside is cold or hot. Are you, sticky. are you outside watching a drive-in movie or a, like a float-in movie? Then, okay, maybe. A dive-in, I think they're called. A dive-in or a drive-in, sure. Mm, mm, mm. But 
If we're talking... <laughs> Sorry, the turkey. Take out something to say? What does that, what does that mean? What you, is that about me? Have I done something to offend you, turkey? <laughs> is that about me? Hold on. So, yeah, there are all these incredibly successful people um, who are just wanting to finally see what failure feels like, which is cute. Yeah. It's like, come oh, talk wow. to me if you want to know about failure. Yeah, just follow me around for an afternoon. <laughs> You'll see. Yeah. My card gets declined when I try and buy milk. <laughs> okay. Whoop. Watch me stall the car. <laughs> drive it out of the driveway. <laughs> Watch my people... partner leave. <laughs> Please come back. Every day. He leaves every day. Okay. Go to goes, work. I'm just going to work, Jess. I'm like, okay. I'm just he going always... to get a packet of cigarettes. He always comes back. He always comes back with a packet of smokes. Because <laughs> he's a real bloke. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he has a job. Um, <laughs> just needs a bit of time. He just, he just needs yep, eight hours away from me. I wouldn't blame him. Um, a guy called Ed Furtor. That's a good name. Good name, yeah. Who goes by the moniker Frozen Ed. It's Frozen Head National okay. Park or whatever. So right. Frozen Ed. He was the first runner to finish a three-loop race in 1988. So it took... Three years before anybody even got to three. When it first started, I think it was only three. In fact, it was. My next sentence explains. Um, before Laz decided the race should be five loops. Is that because someone did it and he was like, it's meant to be impossible? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, right. Not that it's meant to be impossible, but he was like, okay, well, it's possible. Somebody did three. Let's make it 100 miles because at that stage it was like 55 miles or something. Does this guy ever do it himself? No, he's never done it. Yeah, that's To be sick. fair, well, when like- he started it, he was like – Older already. He'd be in his like, oh, fuck, it's hard to tell how old he is. He's one of those guys who just hasn't really moisturized much. So Okay. Mm, he he doesn't really have get... a ladylike face. <laughs> one of them soft woman He doesn't heads. have a soft looking face. He's asked for 40 moisturizers next year. But he's an oh. older bloke now, so I'm guessing when it started, he was probably towards the end of his running right. career. Maybe you could ask for 40 pamper packages. Yes, 40 oh. in Dota Spa vouchers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's going to get a weekly massage oh. and facial. That is what he should be asking for. He is yeah. not using it. Flannel no. shirts. Come on, mate. Come on, mate. Come on, Laz. Come on, Laz. What are you doing? Come on, Laz. Laz Lake. What is that? What does that mean? Lazarus? Lazarus Lake. Rose from the Dead Lake. Nah, you're writing bits in there. <laughs> <laughs> Lazarus Rose from the Dead Ulysses Lake. Yeah, what does that, that mean? What is he? There's a lot going on there. Nothing. Um, Ed Furtor, Frozen Ed, he wrote a book uh, about the race titled Tales from Out There. Oh. He wrote, unlike other ultras in which race management and volunteers do their best to help as many runners finish as possible possible <laughs> like picking them up in a hummer and driving them <laughs> there you go barkley is intentionally set up to minimize the number of finishes while still trying to keep it within the limits of possibility and yep. laz says if you're going to face a real challenge it has to be a real challenge you can't accomplish anything without the possibility of failure that's why on the final stretch the last hundred yards he's standing there with a shovel yeah. and he will swing it at you <laughs> <laughs> and you have to dodge him if you don't dodge him you don't win because there's got to be a possibility of failure yeah. slash getting hit with a shovel. Thank you. And if you nose. get just past him and then you get cocky and you start to walk again, you'll get the back of you. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, it's a long shovel. It'll make a spectacle of your testicles. Thwack. Oi, 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 oi. Okay, so just to follow, the thwack was obviously the noise a shovel makes. And he got a, an erection. <laughs> 
really wow. turned him on. Oh, really? Oh, right, okay. Bad timing. <laughs> oh, very good timing. <laughs> I'm on the way up. <laughs> um, so in the middle of her second loop, Amelia Boone realised that her group wouldn't make it back to camp in time to start a third. They could either give up or finish anyway. So Boone and her crew uh, finished the loop, even though it wouldn't count, and out of 44 starters uh, last year, she was one of just 21 people who even began the course's second loop. Right. So what, she, her, her and her crew, can you bring a crew? No. So more often than not, especially in the first four loops, people tend to work together. Right. Um, they might not necessarily know each other before that, but they kind of form groups or pairs or whatever and they they do help each other navigate through and find stuff. On the fifth loop, first of all, you're not really allowed to help each other, but also you tend to go in different directions anyway. Yeah. Let's right, say you cause... had 10 people, which has never happened on the fifth, but, you know, five have gone one way, five have gone the other. And at different times, it's quite scattered. Right. So in the first one, especially everyone leaves together. So you probably do end up in little clumps. Yeah. And you kind of help each other out. Like uh, that Eddie Murphy movie. Daddy Daycare. <laughs> <laughs> Still got it. Three and a half years later. <laughs> Shrek the third. <laughs> That'll do, Donkey. <laughs> That'll do. Is is Boone at all related to the great David Boone? I can only assume yes. It does feel like Booney would be up for this challenge. Great Australian cricketer. Yeah. And also the record holder for most beers drunk <laughs> on a flight from England to Australia. Was it 52, Dave? Yeah, like something, that, yeah. yeah, 52, 54, some... Cans. Some ridiculous amount of beers. An unhealthy amount for an elite sportsman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it on the way back? Yeah, maybe. I so. assume it was on the way over for the series. <laughs> well, you never know, though. No. They didn't eat great back then. Um, So a lot of people sort of like to say that Laz is a sadistic man and that race is a bit cruel. Um, but contrary to the way that it seems, he says that he wants people to finish the race. He says, pretty much everybody we see go out there, you really want them to succeed. You know that most of them won't. There's kind of maybe a dark humour to all the things that go on. Some of the failures are spectacular and really funny. <laughs> but you like to see people have the opportunity to really find out something about themselves. Right. Beautiful. It's a bit of a journey. It yeah. is. A journey of discovery, would you it's say? A journey. Mm. Who uh, am I? <laughs> You know, that's you find out in 100 miles. What am I doing? <laughs> Why have I done this? I reckon you'd ask a lot of questions oh. in a race like that. I think mine would be, ow, ow. I saw one guy in this doco that I watched. He had, like, headphones in like he was ready to listen to music. And I was like, what device is going to last 60 hours? Give up. He might have a little battery charge pack. That seems like a waste of your space. He's got seven iPads. Yeah, there you go. The whole his whole backpack is full with one generator. He's just got a computer on his back, with a really long extension leg. <laughs> <laughs> really long. Really long. So, one hundred and thirty k's. I don't want to spoil anything, but has anyone ever gotten really injured or died doing this? I am amazed that no one has died. Because, like, oh. if there's no, if there's only help at the start and at the finish of the loop, if you're halfway in there and you fall over and break your leg in a yeah. blackberry bush. What the hell are you going to do? Well, eventually people would be like, well, they haven't come back and they'd go look for you. Well, I guess we'll close the gate. <laughs> the big yellow gate. But, yeah, nobody's died miraculously. And I didn't even really see anything about any serious injuries. Like their legs are all cut to shit. There's like 
uh, I forgot what they they called it in the doco. There's like a certain kind of shrubbery. What a shrubbery. Oh, um, shrubbery. That's really sharp. It's got like really sharp little, um, what do roses have on them? Thorns. Thorns. Um, and, yeah, so their legs are all kind of scratched, but none of them look like nobody got injured or it's crazy because some of the things they have to climb and stuff, you're like if you miss take one bad step, you're fucked. But they're the best of the best at analysing data yeah. and other <laughs> such things. It honestly blows my mind that that lady you mentioned before from Apple. Yep. She's an attorney. That. She's the world champion at something like that, and it's not. That's not even her full time job. No. I thought that to be the world champion of something like this, you, like you know, when people are like they do an Iron Man. I think it's just those full high achieving people yes. are just like nonstop. They wake up at four a.m., they run a marathon, then they go to work at Apple, and they're the boss of Apple, and then they go home and they get up again almost instantly. Yeah. They get home at three forty-five. They're intense people. Wow. Yeah, it's fascinating. And there's a couple, like, there's one guy in the doco who I'll talk about in a sec, actually. He was kind of returning to, to do it again. He'd completed the year before. And I just didn't like him. I was like, you suck. There was an arrogance around him. He, it's, he took it very seriously, which is fair. Like, you've got to take it seriously. But, like, it was almost out of the spirit to me of Yeah, the they, they want you to have, he's saying, have a smoke. We don't want to be... Yeah. Sounds like it's all trying to be a bit silly, but it's But probably... he was just like, this person's going to be my biggest threat. Right. And, uh, oh, but then they end up working together most of the time. Oh, he's like on an episode of Survivor or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And just the way he was just quite, he was like way too serious and his wife and um, like his kid and his mum were there like trying to help him. They, they were sort of his support team. And it was just the way he spoke to them and stuff. I was like, oh, I hate you. Yeah. It feels like. The kind of people who are the uber high achievers are probably often not yeah. the nicest people to be around. Maybe, but that's yeah. why they achieve so much. But that's why we're so lovely to be around. <laughs> Maybe they should try and achieve um, being nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, manners don't cost yeah. the world, okay? Huh? Um, kindness is free. Yeah. So. Yeah. You piece of shit. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, we'll cut them down because you achieved too much. Well, that's why. I, that's why I found a beautiful middle ground of being a high achiever who's also a really nice, great person. And I don't think a lot of people do that. I, I reckon that's what I'd do if I was them. Be more like me. Do you want to tell him? Or? Where's the middle ground? There. Are we gonna have to get the trigonometry out again. Well, yeah. Also, which which thing are you saying that I haven't done? It's both, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you are uh, an. I was going to say low achiever, but average achiever and, and a, a oh, bit of an asshole. Okay. I was going to say you're okay. Yeah, middle ground. Yeah, yeah I'm saying you're only a bit of an asshole. Oh, okay, right. You average know? achiever, average niceness. Yeah, you're an average Joe. That's why I wear beige. We're all going to wear beige. You're wearing black. You always wear We're black. We're all going to wear beige <laughs> in the future. And Once then... I learned what the colour beige is. <laughs> yeah. So it's not black, okay. <laughs> I'm going to start eliminating what it is before I found what, what it is. <laughs> so yeah. many ways you could find out. Beige is a, another word for another colour. You just don't know which one. <laughs> is it orange? Is it orange? What is it? Dave, tell me. Is it orange? Come on. It's green, isn't it? Hey, no clues. Is it like the colour of a, of a, a dirty thing? Mm, dirty communist. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> I'm not here to talk about your kink, mate. <laughs> All right, so the full five-loop race has been completed 18 times by 15 runners. 
So a couple of people have done it multiple times. I mean, you've done it. Don't go back. Exactly. Um, that was as of 2019, so this year. It was first completed by Mark Williams in 1995, almost 10 years since the race began. And Mark Williams came over from the UK. Mm. So this is that doesn't include the first guy that did it, the, the three. He did the loops. three. I say the, the full and five. And then the organiser was like, actually, You'd feel so reset off. the record books. No, he's still the first person to have completed it. But the start of this sentence was the full five loop race. Yeah, but I'd just be pissed off. You'd be like, well. Well, he could have come back and done the five. You I could have complete the race you give. Exactly. You're I could have done another two that day. Yeah. Well, it still means, I mean, like if you win the 100 metres and then you find out there's another event called the 200 metres, you still won the 100 metres. They're different events. But if you're Michael Johnson, you go and win them both. And then? Wear golden shoes. <laughs> Am I thinking the right guy? He's the drug cheat one, allegedly. Oh. <laughs> I have no idea. A lot, of, a lot of 90s athletes went down, didn't they? Yeah, sadly. 90s and noughties. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Mark Williams did in 1995, almost 10 years since the race began. And Laz said that once Mark completed the race, it made people believe that this was possible because before this, people aimed for the fun run. They aimed for three loops and thinking that the, the full 100, the full five loop was impossible. So they just do the three and they'd be like, I'm good. I don't need to keep yeah. going. I've done it. Um, but once Mark did it, it was like, oh, shit, this could actually be done. But it was another six years after that before anyone else finished it again. And two guys finished it uh, that year with Blake Wood and David Horton. And David Horton set a new record. Um, and the documentary that I watched, which was the Barkley Marathons, The Race That Eats Its Young, follows the 2012 race, uh, which was a pretty momentous event. It was the first time that three competitors finished all five loops. Whoa, that's a, basically, I suppose two of them are chasing each other because the last one are in different directions. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So um, Brett Maun, M-A-U-N-E. M-A-U-N-E. Maun? Maun. 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 So here's the guy I was talking about before who I didn't particularly like. He had already won it in, t- in 2011. Oh, bugger. But he came back to complete the race again, becoming the first to complete the race twice and also beating the record time and finishing in 52 hours, 3 minutes and 8 seconds. So 210K, well, basically the equivalent of that in 52 hours. Yeah. Do they do they have sleeps at all or do they They can? But do you think most people their tactic is just to keep going? So a lot of them get back to the camp or get back to yeah, the camp basically and their support crews have got food and stuff ready for them. They'll change clothes if they need to. Um, Outfit change. Ballroom gown. Well, I mean, like they slip into something more comfortable. Especially, it's often raining, so they're getting into dry clothes or waterproof, or they got their little headlamps. Um, they restock their backpacks with food. Some of them sleep, but never for long. Um, but it also sort of depends. Like if you've done your first lap in like eight hours, and your second one maybe takes a bit longer, nine or ten, you've still got a little bit of time up your sleeve. So some of them will sleep for an hour and then go again. But there's definitely cases where people do not sleep the entire time. So they're awake for 60 hours. And running for all of it. It's insane. It's crazy. Um, so, yeah, Brett beat the record 52 hours, um, which I think it might still be the record. All right. So he's the worst guy and the best runner. Yeah. 
He's really good. Well, actually, I don't think he is the best. Oh. Because Jared Campbell came in four hours later. It was his first time competing, and he returned two years later to complete the entire loop once again in 2014 and 2015, becoming the first man to complete it three times. Right. So I think Jared might actually be the best runner. But he didn't do it fastest, but he's done it the most. He's done it three times. Yeah. That's in, that's crazy. That, yeah, I guess. It, and once you figure out you can do it, I guess it's less scary, and you just yeah, maybe yeah. And you you'd learn from mistakes. Mm. There's a different documentary that I watched that just follows one runner, Gary Robbins, and he gets to the fifth loop his first time, and he uh, he he like he's so sleep deprived, he struggles so much. This is in 2016. And so he sort of taps out halfway through the fifth loop. So he nearly makes it, not quite. Comes back the next year and has like the same problem. Uh-huh. He gets he got lost, um, and it was raining really heavily, and he just he ended up sort of having to turn around and come back the wrong way. Right. Um, and then he was like, "I'm going back next year," which would have been last year. And I looked it up, and he made it to three loops. Ah, oh, so it went backwards. Yeah. And I don't think he did it this year. So it's like, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, wasn't able to quite crack the code. Yeah, but he was a lot more (laughs) likeable. Right, that's why I didn't do so well. Were the the camera crews following him the whole way around? They don't follow him the whole way. A lot of them will have GoPros on, so they use a bit of that footage. Or the camera crew will go to like a certain point. But they can't follow him the whole time. How about the, the guy who finished it three times? He's going there to learn what failing is and he can't even he can't fail the it. impossible <laughs> task. On his first go, he came in second Damn it. by only I, four hours. That would have felt like failing then, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Just let me fail, please. <laughs> Body, fail on me. No, nah, just keeps running. Yeah, my legs just won't collapse. So the other person... He's to- got a butt that won't quit. <laughs> <laughs> There was one other person who completed the Barkley in 2012. There was a guy called John Feguveresi. Feguveresi. And he was a Barkley virgin as well. But he made it with just 18 minutes to spare. Oh, sick. And so in the doco, they're all kind of like, come on, John, come on, John. They're like, supporting. Oh, no, everyone's super supportive. And one really cool point that Laz makes as well is that when you do get down to like there only being three or four people going, when they get back to camp, it's not just the two or three people they have there supporting them. You've got all of these people who have tapped out but want someone to succeed. So you've got all these people, all these experts in their field who are like, here, let's do this. Oh, you've got blisters. Here, I've got this thing for that. So they all help each other. It's actually a really nice sort of attitude and community. I picture it turning into a real big party. Maybe. They get a bit crazy. Get a bit silly. Get a bit silly. So as of 2018, about 55% of the races had ended with no finishes. That happens quite often, 55% of the time. <laughs> that's almost, that's nearly more than half. Or is that more than half? Nearly. Don't? Nearly. Because okay. <laughs> it's out of 115%, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so close. Yeah. A yeah. couple of little fun facts to finish up. So when a runner drops out of the race, there's a bugler who plays taps upon their return. You know what they play at, like, military funerals? (laughs) They play that. What does that sound like? Uh, It sounds like... uh, I don't think it's that one, but it's something. They play the bugle to signal you... Failing. Like you're out. Yeah, you're done. You're quitting, you're out. Bugles, that's a... It's a, it's a noble instrument. So it started with a conch and it ended with a bugle. With a bugle. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. 
So mm. that should be the title of one of their books. It starts with a conch and it ends. <laughs> Started with a conch. <laughs> Despite uh, that entry form from 1995 saying no women, the best women's achievement is Sue Johnston. She made it 66 miles or 106 kilometres in 2001. She made a fun run but didn't f- progress any further. Still, go Sue. Yeah, it's what an it's crazy. achievement in itself. But also, doesn't that really prove that they were right in the first place, women are too soft? Too soft. I, I thought you were the feminist of the pod. I am the feminist here, and that's what, what made me hurt to say it. Yeah, well, made me hurt. <laughs> Couple other things. The course record for the slowest distance covered is held by retired computer scientist Dan Baglione, who got lost for thirty-two hours after covering just two miles of the course. Oh no! Two thousand six. I saw an interview with Dan though, and he was like, "I just got lost." Like even he was like, Thirty-two hours. He was lost for thirty-two hours. Took him thirty-two hours to do two. Well, he was. He wasn't just like. He didn't go two miles and sit down. He was just sort of wandering around, and he that would have got sucked. a bit off course. Yeah, jeez, that would that'd be way worse than anything else. Yeah. Getting looking, nowhere and taking forever to do it. If you're looking at your watch, going, all right, if I get back on track now, I've still got 57 hours. <laughs> yeah. all right. If I get back on track now, I still have 12 <laughs> hours. <laughs> all right, I'm Dan. really gonna have to hammer it home now. At what point is he going? Are they looking for me yet, or? Um, and this is my final fun fact for you, and I saved this for the end, but I'm really hoping, I'm, I, even if you're not that impressed, can you just give it a big reaction, please? Okay. So. What? I haven't said it yet. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold that. Give okay. me powder dry. Because the. Oh! Ele- Sorry, I've gone earlier. <laughs> me again. Because the elevation changes throughout the course mean that finishes experience a total of 120,000 feet of elevation, the equivalent what? of climbing. And desc- climbing and descending Everest twice. Go. Oh, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. whoa. Did you even hear it or are you just waiting for a reaction? Yeah, no, up, up and down Everest twice. That's sick. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Just without the snow and shit. Yeah, without the, the what do you call that stuff, the high fidelity? Altitude. Altitude. Yeah, without the actual altitude. But still. Yep. An insane distance. Yeah. And the Barclay uh, was held just earlier in March this year and no finishes. Really? Mm-hmm. And I, I think maybe one person started a fourth loop, but... So not even close, really. Yeah, no, no finishes this year. 55% of the times. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. But it is possible. It's very possible. But, yeah, the number of people, um, even in that doco that I watched in 2012, like so many people in the first loop were like, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, right. And they'd go, are you sure I'm done? He'd be like, I knew it would be hard, but not this hard. And then they might do two. There was a guy who came over from Belgium and he was like so lovely and and, and he was so excited and he did two and he just looked completely shattered. And he's like, I, I can't. Like you'd think if you got two, you'd maybe push for a third just yeah. to get that fun run. He was like, I can't do it. And when they bugled him out, he had a little tear. I was like, oh. It feels like the one loop should have a name as well. Just yeah. doing one circuit feels like that should be something. Yeah, I agree. I, normal people wouldn't be able to do a single loop, I imagine. No way. I'd die. I'd die out there. I'd, I reckon I'd do it, but I'm above average. No, hang on. No, I'm average. Oh, no, I'd die as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'm below average. You'd probably, you'd make it maybe halfway and turn around. 
which is basically a full loop. Yeah, exactly. So oh, just keep going. Idiot. I know. I know. But that is my report on the Barkley Marathon. It's, cra- it's absolutely crazy. It does sound like someone will die one day. Yeah. I'm just saying. I agree. So the if anybody's wanting to watch anything about it, there's the Barkley Marathons, the race will eat its young. That's on Netflix, and it's okay. Um, oh. There's a better oh, glowing what, reviews. <laughs> like it's fine, but there's also where dreams go to die. Gary Robbins and the Barkley Marathons. That's just that's, on YouTube. I know where the dreams go to die. Dave's pockets. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and sorry, Dave. Oh, yes, that one's really good. <laughs> and also, I should uh, thank the people who suggested this topic. Oh yes, it was suggested by Emma Coogan. John Stoddart and Bradley Dark. Ducko. So thank you so much because that uh, was wild. Yeah, thanks to all those people. That That is crazy and I love hearing about it, but it's something that I have no desire to even. Absolutely not. Yeah. I thought I started out that way and by the end I'm like, oh. How far is one loop again? Like 32 kilometers. I've never gone that far even in a car. So it would be <laughs> it would be a step up for me. You'd be doubling I've run, your... I think I've run about half that in one go before. Have you? But that's on like footpaths. So it's a little different. Not, you don't have to climb anything? No, nah, no climbing, no berries at all. Oh, Didn't fall into a berry bush. <laughs> the beauty of falling into a berry bush is... You snack. Got... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Beautiful snack supplies. Oh, enjoy your little snack. Um, yeah, so that brings us to the end of that report. And a fantastic report it was. Thank you. Uh, what a journey, which is yeah. what it's all about. Yeah, it is remember? About journey, remember that, Jess? No, I remember. Mm. So that brings us... To the moment of the show, which is so many people's favourites. The, the moment I've been waiting for. It is the fact, quote, or question segment of the show. And this is where one of our Patreon supporters gets to ask us a question, tell us a fact, or share with us a quote. And in this case, it is from Joe Smith, who's oh. gi- he's given himself uh, the title because you're allowed, allowed to give yourself a title as well. Mm. These are for our Patreon supporters who are on the Sydney Scheinberg RIP level. Uh, and this week, Joe Smith has given himself the title of I Ride a Moped, So Call Me Joe-Ped. I, <laughs> I hope that's his whole title. Yeah. Say. We put that on a little plaque and on his office door. Oh, door. hell yeah. One of those little things on his desk as well. Yeah. You walk in there and it's all moped related stuff, and he's like, "I just, I mean, yeah, I've said one thing about a moped. You guys have really gone with it." We're like, "All right, Joped." I didn't think Joped was going to stick, but it did. <laughs> Not Joped. His title is "I ride a moped, so call me Joped." Okay. If you don't give him his full title, that's a bit disrespectful. Yeah, I'm so sorry. And uh, I ride a moped, so call me Joped. Has asked a question this week, and his question is. To the three of us, I suppose. I have not read it before. <laughs> if you... Okay, not a good start. <laughs> read two words. One of them was not the right word. Go on then. If each of you could create a TV show, what type of show would it be and what parts would you have the other two members of Do Go On play? Oh, interesting. I mean, is this a genuine question? Because <laughs> my answer would be boring. It would be a, a late-night talk show. I'd host. <laughs> you know... I'm, up yourself. I, well, no, it's my dream. And you're well, up I mean, yourself. this is my dream scenario. I'm emptying out my pockets here. Bit of yeah, respect, right. please. Okay. And I'd have uh, Dave as the band leader. 
Jess is my uh, co-host, or vice versa. I'm not your co-host. I'm like your I'm like your Corinne Grant slash Peter Hellier to your Rove McManus, right? Okay. Like you're the star, but I'm just a recurring person there. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It depends. Like I don't like the pressure of co-hosting. Okay. Well, you can. Yeah, you can be like what's Conan's like Andy Richter. You can just sit yeah. on the couch. I sit at the end of the couch, away from everyone. Or I like, I like. You could voice the skeleton, like um, yes, on on the Late Late Show with uh, Ferguson, Craig, Ferguson. Craig Ferguson. What was that guy's name? That's such a good psych. Fuck, I love that show. Such a good show. So you would do a talk show, Dave. What would you do? Uh, probably some sort of horror documentary. Oh, horror doc. Or I delve into the past of each of you. Ooh. And show you for the frauds you really are. That's horrific, I guess. It's called Do Go On Exposed. <laughs> Why would you do that to us? Mm. Are we just flashing the camera? Yeah, yeah. it's also there's also a, a bonus DVD feature that is a porno. Bonus, oh, bonus Do Go On Exposed. DVD. That sounds fun for Boy, everyone. I... Wait, why? Where's the horror? Your it back... feels like you started saying that sentence without really having He's thought out where it was careers. going. He's ruining our careers. Right. Yeah. And that's oh, it's horrific to me. There's a few sense. Craig Ferguson skeletons in your own closet. Oh, now <laughs> I, see. I, now I see where your thought process went. <laughs> Nothing. I just conveniently shoehorned that in. It was never going to make that much sense. Okay, I love it. I'd watch that show. Find out all the skeletons in my closet. Yeah, you got to find out the kind of bad guy you really are. I'm pretty squeaky clean. Mm. Don't look. Don't look in that closet. God damn it. Don't look in there. I've killed a man. <laughs> a skeleton man. Matt, I've looked in your closet. He's not dead. He's just locked in the closet. Yeah. Well. Just let him out. Okay. You panicked and locked him because you thought he was dead. Yeah. Really, he's been living off mothballs. <laughs> That's not healthy. Yeah. I don't know what you think mothballs are. They're not moth testicles, Dave. They're poison for moths. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what have I done? Uh, not like this. <laughs> don't. I'm not going down like no, this. Don't, don't do this to me. And there, the horror documentary turned on its creator. Mm. Well, it's do go on exposed. We all get exposed, wow. even the creator. And just thank you, <laughs> fucking hell. It's waiting. I've already said mine before, where it's where Matt, his life—it's a sitcom. Your life is in shambles. I take you out. A, a documentary or sitcom? Sitcom. Okay. You you you're playing from what you know. Yeah. Uh, I take you out for a drink because I'm I'm your kooky friend. Um, <laughs> there's absolutely no sexual tension. I'm just your kooky friend. Just wanted to put that out there. Make that really clear. Well, I'm starting to feel some tension here. It's not sexual. <laughs> but it is not sexual. It's not sexual, right. And so then we go and crash in Dave's pool house because yes. Dave is doing incredibly well. Mm. Um, but I'm just like I'm just like a little bit of a loose cannon. And I go, ooh, and you're just super depressed. And trying to get my life back on track? I guess. Um, <laughs> but Dave lets us live in his two-bedroom pool house. He's so rich he's got a two-bedroom right. pool house. That's cool. And nothing but sexual tension from me. Okay. Towards whom? The butler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, are we, are we allowed to write in new characters to your show? Oh, I mean. I think I'm just thinking of the Seinfeld show inside Seinfeld where he... The um, court, for some reason, the court assigned a butler to Jerry. That was like the setup for the. That's never the been a thing. Yeah, it was this thing. But he's my butler. It was one of the lines in it. Oh. 
Yeah, sure. We can have a butler. That's great. Does Dave also play the butler? Oh, kind of like that Eddie Murphy movie. What was it called? Shrek the Third. I think it was Shrek the Halls. So close. I always get those two confused, you know? Mm. They're similar, but very different. They are, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Shrek 2, back in the habit. Uh, Could I please move on to the next Patreon segment where we thank some Patreon supporters. And everyone who supports us on Patreon, I think on a certain level and above, they get a shout-out. And thank you so much for all the support of, of the following people. Jess, you normally give us a game to play, something sort of thing related to the topic. So the Barclay Marathons was named after Laz's friend Barry Barclay. Maybe we could use their names to name an event. Okay, great. I love Does that it. sound okay? Yeah, that sounds so Dave? Good. I love it. Oh, Dave. I for- love you. <laughs> thank you so much. Matt, you're okay. Firstly, I'd love to thank from Kingston, Ontario, in Canada, Tyler Buller. Buller. Tyler Buller. Tyler Buller. Buller obviously makes me think of mountains. Yes. Because of Mount Buller in Victoria. But also Buller, the dairy company. Ooh. Who has a mountain on their okay. label, I think. Okay. Buller Ski Resort for Cows. That's the event, ski resort for cows. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Is it a how many loops? Three. Three cow loops. All counterclockwise. What counterclockwise? And they just put little skis on the cows because cows need a holiday as well. Okay. You guys, they do. They do. So they moo. That's the slogan. They moo. <laughs> Yes. Oh, it's a catchy slogan. Thank you. Okay. I didn't see you coming up with any ideas. No, that's great. Well, you already did it. We didn't need to. Uh, thank you so much, Tyler, and, and congratulations on your new event that's named after you, the Cow Resort, the great, Ski Resort. The great part yeah. is yeah. you name the event. It's your event, but you don't actually have to do it. Yeah. It's like yeah. Main man. You don't have to do it or be involved in it in any no, way. That's great. It's just an honor thing and they give you money. Just make it as hard as you – and you just get to demand what do you, whatever you want, what 40 – 40 buckets. It's 40 buckets. Buckets of what? Just buckets. Okay. I'd also love to thank from Hervey Bain, Queensland, Australia. Harvey. Bree, Anna, Barney, Babs, I guess she's probably Oh, known wow. As. Harvey Bay. Oh, is it with an E and it's pronounced Harvey? Yeah. That's weird. They do things a little bit differently <laughs> up north. Crazy. Bree, Anna. Bree, Anna. What about the Bab Bash? Ooh, bad bash. The bad bash. I love the bad and bash. It's like some sort of um, one of those races where you've got like two hundred dollars to spend on the car. Oh, bad to... bush bash. Yeah, Bab's bush bash, and you have to drive your car through a forest. And if you get to the other side, well, you'll find out. <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. No one's ever completed it. And one of the one of the quirks of it is you have to have a sheep driving your car. <laughs> You can navigate, but the yeah. sheep has to be driving. That's right. Yeah. That's cool. I yeah. like Babs Bush Bash. Brianna. Sorry if you don't like being called Babs. That's very possible that you wouldn't. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's I not, like Babs. It's but... not great. <laughs> she might be. Unless you love it. And then, then it's it the is best. great. It's, it's the, the best. best well, I mean, maybe before. the full title is Brianna Barney's Bush Bash. But Brianna people call Barney's Babs Bush, Bush Bash. Bash. Brianna Barney's Bush Bash. Holy moly, that feels good. Mm. B- 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 b. It all makes sense. Sponsored by Barocca. Giving you back a baby bounce. <laughs> wow, that's an old slogan. <laughs> yeah. 
from your time, I suppose. I've not. Well, I mean, you don't see ads much anymore, do you? The other day I had the Doors Plus song in my head. Doors Plus, no, no fuss. A whole day. Doors Plus, no fuss. Can I thank some people? Yes, please. Thank you. I'd like to thank from Medford, New Jersey. <gasps> I'm walking. I met someone from New Jersey and I did that voice to them and they were like, we don't talk like that. And you're like, And they yes, said that like do. that. They said, we don't talk like that. We don't talk like that. Hey, I don't do anything like that. Hey. Yeah. And I was like. And you're like, can you? Everyone's voice doesn't sound the same when you hear it played back. Can you hear yourself? That's what you say. Whenever I meet someone from New Jersey, I say, I get you guys. John Bon Jovi, Bruce Springsteen, Rutgers. I get it. <laughs> And they say, oh, he gets us. He gets us. Well, somebody that you get is Kyle Anderson. Oh, Kyle Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Anderson's. Anderson's Ant Venture, right? Oh, yeah. Adventure with Ants. Well, the thing is with this one, they supersize ants, <gasps> mechanical supersized ants, and you have to ride them up a pole, but the pole is 10 million feet tall. Wow. So you, But you're not doing anything. Matt, but... I think you'd end up in space. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that was on me. So all you got to do is the mechanical ant uh, gets all the way up itself. It's going to do that no matter what. But you've just got to stay conscious. Conscious. Fuck, why don't I try a word that conscience. I have trouble with? Conscious. Really? So it's like a real philosophical thing going on in your you mind. you got to say conscience. you got to say zen. Wow. The whole way up. Has anybody that? ever made it? Because all the way up, the ants say stuff like, I'll give you a million bucks if you punch that baby in the face. And you have to say, I won't do that. Not even for a million bucks. That's wrong. Babies' faces should not be punched. And you got to answer like that. Wow. For a million, however many feet I said. Ten million. Ten million feet. Feet. Wow. Yeah. How long does it ant, take? Ant feet. Oh. So it's actually only a couple of feet high. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. It's real. It's the size of a flagpole. Okay. But you're strapped on the back of an ant. Yeah. Mechanical ant. <laughs> oh, cool. Anyway, any yeah. more questions? I think we got this Yeah, one. I think we got that down pat. So, so thank you, who, Kyle. Who should I say sorry to? Kyle. Kyle sorry, Kyle. Anderson. Hopefully you weren't waiting too long for that. <laughs> Ant venture. <laughs> in, in New Jersey? In New Jersey. Well, I would also like to thank from Fairpoint Harbour Fair in point. Ohio. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Fairpoint Harbour sounds lovely. Sounds delightful. Sounds so good. Well, I mean, just say Ohio and I think lovely. Mm. And I would like to thank Thomas Fazekas. Oh, oh Fazekas. That's a great name. Fazekas. Thomas Fazekas. That's a sweet name. Yep. What do you got? Dave, what do you reckon here? Uh, the Thomas Fazekas fastball. Oh. oh. So you got to throw. It's the fastest ball wins? Mm. Or it's a ball you go to like a dance, but it's over in 30 minutes. Yeah, that's right. It's all and speed dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever can dance with the most partners in oh. 30 minutes wins. You obviously want to play tactically. You dance with a lot of partners. Yeah. You don't want to, but you don't want someone else to dance with too many partners. So you right. got to be like, you got to be rejecting, but also accepting right. tactically. Oh. Rejecting and accepting. Mm. Mm. So it brings people together. 
Fajekus way. <laughs> was that close? Fazekas. Fazekas. The Fazekas fastball. Unless we're saying that wrong. I feel like we've nailed it. Fazekas is also DJing. Oh, yeah. DJ Fazekas. And every second song is really hard to dance to, so makes it even harder. Just puts on the Zorba. (laughs) (laughs) That's easy to dance to. Not at the start when it's really slow and that's all he plays. (laughs) And then once it starts to pick up, he changes it to something else. Yeah. He changes it to Shania Twain. (laughs) You're still the one that I love. The only one I dream. Yeah, also nice between those two songs for 30 minutes. It's oh, still the one I The record is 1,100 separate dances. Whoa. And it's held by Thomas Fasekas himself. Yeah. yeah. He was DJing whilst dancing. He's yep. amazing. He's a double threat. Incredible. Dave, would you like to thank some people? I would love to bring us home. Thank you by thanking not one. But two people in one go here. <gasps> Whoa. This is a big shout out to Brian and Laura from Colchester in Essex. Well, thank you, Brian and Laura. Colchester. How wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we don't have a surname there, so we're going to have to use Brian and Laura. Mm. Not Laura. that that isn't an absolute Look, treat. I don't know if, you, if you're related, if you're just friends, if you're a power couple perhaps. Yeah, I think um, I think this one is going to be a space race. Ooh. The Brian and Laura Space Race? Yeah. Trademark. Yeah, yeah. So it's the first one to make it to uh, the dark side of the moon, right? Which isn't a real thing, is it? And what they have to do is um, get there and then make sure they've also got to, like, bring a big blanket to put make it shadowy. Oh, okay. Is the dark side of the moon a real thing? It's a real Pink Floyd album. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the top five selling albums of all time. So they've got to get up there. They've got to make an air of the moon dark and then play that record. Backwards. Backwards uh, in full. And not a lot of people can sit through that. No, yeah, that, that's <laughs> the really hardest annoying. part. Yeah. That's the hardest part, being like, God, oh, this is a really classic album, but I'm listening to it backwards. Yeah. Surely you could just put it on and then, like, put headphones in, you know? No, that well, that's one of the rules. You they have to listen to, to it. Listen oh, to it. Yeah. yeah, that would be tough. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Brian and Laura. Well, good luck to Brian and Laura with that. I reckon you'll be able recruiting people in no time. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for your bravery. And finally, I would like to thank from the Australian Capital Territory, our Capital Territory. God bless those boys and girls up there. Including Reese Albress. Reese Albress. Albress Armpress. Oh, the Albress Armpress. It's a, um, well, basically, it's the combination between arm wrestling and a sandwich press. Ah. You have to arm wrestle a hot sandwich press. Sandwich pressling. It's the longer, <laughs> the longer, the longer you can sandwich pressle a hot sandwich press. Uh-huh. Oh, singeing. Yeah. That, that triangle into your hand yeah, so that hot. it becomes two slices. That's right. So your hand, so good. Your hand becomes a jaffle. I love jaffles. Yeah. Hit me with a jaffle. All right. Best jaffle. Go. Oh, easy. My high school canteen. Yep. Did spaghetti jaffles like Holy tins of tin spaghetti wow. in a jaffle? That does sound pretty gross and good. Oh, so gross and so good. I love a baked bean jaffle. Okay, yeah. you guys are wild. We love sealing up the canned goods. Yeah, what take them get? out of one can, put it in a bread receptacle. I like cheese, uh, slices of tomato, yeah, mushrooms, 
Getting in there with Yuck. the juices. Nah, hate mushroom. Oh. Oh, I hate you. I'll meet you halfway. Re- really, that's what it took. And then herbs. A lot of herbs. <laughs> I love cheesy herbs. <laughs> Your face. The last couple of weeks you pulled out these looks that I've never seen before. Mm. I'm starting to think it's exhaustion, <laughs> but I'm loving it. Festival time's weird. Yeah. I feel like we've all been a little weird today. What do you mean? That my maybe it was mainly me. It's also it's mostly you. Oh. Maybe it's Maybelline. Dave's just been having micro sleeps. <laughs> yeah, he's a tired boy. But we're done, and it's time for us to get out of here. Thank you, Reese Elbrus and the Sandwich Press. Oh, thank you, Reese. Yeah. So good sandwich. I cannot wait to go home and have it. Well, I don't have a I don't have a sandwich press, unfortunately. Well, you don't have a jaffa maker. No, I, feel like oh, I know what fluid. someone's getting for their birthday. Life for bread. Yeah, we just say good luck. A fucking reality check. That's what you're getting. Grow up. <laughs> you're an adult. You don't have a jaffel iron. Come on. And thank you to all the hot doggies that support us on Patreon. Hot dogs. You are some great, great people. All of you. The Patreons voted for this topic, and I put up three options for them, and this one vote, um, won by one vote. So it was, a, it was a tight race. Um, but I think they made a good Good decision because yeah. it's a pretty wild yeah. story. It's a cool story. And also, one vote, that just shows that if you are a Patreon supporter, you literally can change the show. Yeah, yeah. big time. you got a big influence. And you can do that if you go to do go on. No, hang on. You go to patreon.com slash do go on pod or you can go to our website, which is do go on pod.com. You can email us at do go on pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at do go on pod. And you can also do what else can you do, Dave? Give us a five star review if you got the chance. That would be super helpful. It'd be great. Give us a high five in the street if you see us. Yeah. Obviously, maybe nice explain who you are because it's weird if someone just yeah. raises their hand at you. Say hello first. Yeah. But uh, then after that, I'm really happy to high five you. And there's links to most of those things in the description of this episode. Uh, also, the hat week, anyone can put in topic suggestions if you got them. And yeah, hopefully, we'll see you if you're in Melbourne on Saturday for our final Melbourne live show of the year. And yes, as we always say here, <laughs> on do go on at the finish of the episode. Oh, he's going rogue. I think I'm just, I'm actually saying what I normally say at the end of Primates. So I'm very tired. I reckon we should take it out with a nice big blow of the conch. Okay. Later! <laughs> that was they're listening to they've thrown it out the window they've tapped off they've tapped off <laughs> oyster guard <laughs> bye laters this podcast is part of the planet broadcasting network visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates i mean if you want it's up to you